to catch you into the spirit of our series, ultimately we're referring to the reality that there is, there is truth to the fact that there is a specific reason you're in the current job that you're in for a specific time, a specific place. Sometimes we don't understand, but there's something beyond your comprehension that you're where you're at. Or, you know, students in the room, your school. You're in your specific school to make an impact for a reason. It's not by mistake you're in the classroom that you're in. Or you're in the cubicle that you're in at work. Or your assignment is whatever it is in your job. Like God has a purpose for you. God has a call on you for that place. And if you could grasp it, if you could comprehend the impact you are to be making, would it change the way you wake up in the morning? Would it change if or how many times you hit snooze? Or like me, set the silent alarm for five minutes apart on the Fitbit, and then the audible alarm if that vibration doesn't wake me up, right? Because Preston probably snuck into the room. He's six, our child Preston, and snuck into the room during the night. And I don't want to wake him up, so I'm going to try the silent one first, which usually works. But can you get yourself up? Like, would it make a difference to know your job matters? Well, your job does matter. And that's what we're here today to unpack, specifically in the arena of making a difference in the next generation. So our big idea today is very similar to our title your job matters. There you go. We see, again, creativity is running thick today. In 2013, Harvard Business School did a survey of 12,000 employers and employees of organizations, and they asked them the question, or a series of questions that involved rating their satisfaction level with their job and whether they felt they were making an impact in the world, making a difference in the world. And 50, roughly 50% of people said that they didn't think their job mattered. It's split right down the middle. Isn't that interesting to think that 50% of us think, we talked about this last week, that it's just a job. Just a job. But we know how to change that. And it's to view our job differently. We don't have to switch jobs. We just have to view it with the purpose it actually has. Many of you would humbly say if ever your job does reveal its moment and purpose. Like I love watching the interviews on TV with a firefighter that saves somebody. And they're on TV and they're like hailing them as a hero, right? And they're like, I'm just doing my job. No, you're a stinking hero. Right? But we take that for granted that like this job could turn into something unbeknownst to us to make a difference in somebody's life. And you're not just anything. You're a hero. And we need to understand the grand scope of the difference that we can make. Um, so today, we're going to unpack a little bit of this reality that your job matters and how does it matter. And we're going to answer that question like, why does your job matter? 
as well. So there's a scripture in Colossians. It's in Colossians 3.12. It says, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderheartedness, or tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I love the realities that are made clear in a passage like this. You don't even have to have the same faith in this passage to be bound together in perfect unity. You just have to love people. Now, God can make that love even perfected that much more. But this is talking about suddenly being united over loving people. Haven't we seen that in Houston? Haven't we seen the demonstration of people uniting to save lives? Lines of cars with boats on freeways to just pitch in and love people. Didn't matter their affiliation politically, their background, their... It was just didn't matter. We're going to save lives together. We're going to love people together. It's challenging. That's how we find perfect harmony. Well, how can we do that and experience perfect harmony beyond ourselves, even in our job, and specifically when you're working with the next generation? First thought today, your influence reaches beyond your workplace. You're not just a teacher or just an administrator or just a coach. Or just a facilities manager. Or just the lunch line worker. Or just anything. You have influence on people. And people are going to take home what you put into their life. Oh, we've heard it from the beginning of our kids going to school. And if you have kids in school, anytime recently, or even not so recently, you probably remember... When you say something at home after the kids have been at school and they're like, oh, but Mrs. So-and-so says this. And you're going, oh, do they now? So it's different than what I'm telling you, huh? It just, it, it happens. It, it just, and you're going, well, they, all of a sudden they know everything about everything because they learned something in school and they bring it home and, and they're correcting me, you know, as a parent. I, I'm going I'm to resist giving specific examples, but there's some good ones that you're just like, okay, if you say so-and-so said such-and-such such, one more time, one more time. No, you don't do that as a parent. You think about it, but you just don't manifest that. Uh, what you do or don't say can stick with a child, a student, for the rest of their life. It can shape them into becoming the person that they were made to be. If you had somebody speak life into you, speak hope and future and optimistically predict your future, like you can, you can, you can, I believe in you, they build you up, then it puts you on an incredible track. Even just saying that, you're probably having flashbacks of somebody who spoke into your life as a teacher, as a coach. You're going, yeah, totally made an impact. I remember this, this, or this. 
Then again, on the other hand, if you had someone speak over you a label that discouraged you, or sow into you a discouraging word, that can stick. So man, as people of influence, we hold this incredible responsibility in our hands. We know stories of people who've done things in spite of what they've been told. And, and I would like to think that just maybe I'm one of those. I took the tests that tell you what you should do with your life in school. And I remember the results clearly. I was told I should be the maintenance worker on a golf course. There was a couple things I should never do that were on the list of the career like survey thing we did. Should never do anything involving public speaking or writing. Those are the two things that I should never do that I do all day, every day now. And uh, let's just say maybe I wasn't your model student unless you needed a negative model. Then I was a good model for that person. But here's how it played out. We had this tradition at Woodway High School. I was the final graduating class of Woodway before it came, became Edmonds Woodway. And uh, the tradition at our school was after the graduation rehearsal, we would uh, walk through a line with all the teachers in the school and we'd shake their hands and they would they were encouraging us. They were just like, proud of you, glad you made it, so excited. Well, one of my teachers, I'll leave nameless at this very moment, uh, did a very Trump-esque handshake. Do you know the Trump-esque handshake? It's that shake where you pull them in and kind of look at them with a the forehead. And uh, so... She did this shake, and she goes, oh, so I hear you're going to the University of Washington. I was like, yep, going to UW. Go dogs. Anyway, woof. They, uh, she, she pulls me in after, after I said yes, and she goes, I hope you fail. Listen to that reaction. That was good. I like that. Can you believe somebody would do that? Now, I probably deserved it from her. I get it. But I was in shock, even still. I sat there and I was just like, wow. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I probably looked like a deer caught in the headlights of a car in that very moment. I'm just like, did you really just say that? Now, I'm a negatively motivated person. If you tell me you can't do it. That's like sick them, right? To me, it's just like, oh, I'll show you. I can do it, right? Um, even crazy stuff, I'll just go, oh, okay, oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. And so it kind of motivated me, honestly. Um, but here's the deal. That was awful. I hope you fail. There's something that's just intrinsically not right no matter how bad of a time I gave her, no matter how many counseling sessions she went to because I was in her classroom, no matter how many parent visits she had with my family 
and had to communicate to them, no, your child really isn't a good person. And they would defend their angel named Thad, right? I mean, the frustrating thing for both my principal and most of my teachers was when I got caught, it wasn't me. When I didn't get caught, it was. So that was just frustrating. And I apologized to all of them after, at the age of 21, I made a decision to follow Jesus. And on the board of the church that I was attending was my principal, Mr. Sankey. And I saw him every Sunday, and I knew there was one of those Sundays where they said, you know, before you pray, it says you need to forgive all those. That, or, you know, if somebody hasn't forgiven you, you need to make things right. And I was like, oh, i got to go approach him and apologize. I sat in his office a lot. What do I do? You know, so I finally I went to him and I said, um, Mr. Sinky, I have to apologize for all the trouble I caused you. See, the unfortunate thing is, Mr. Sankey, my senior year, wasn't the principal anymore. Uh, or actually, he was. He kind of he transitioned at the end of the school year to become the superintendent of the school district. So when I wrote the letter telling him about the teacher that told me she wished I fail, it was uh, his responsibility to follow through with it. He had to have gone, really? Well, here's the deal. I did graduate that night. I did go to the University of Washington, and I did fail there. I mean, honestly, I didn't finish. Um, but in life, I pursued my calling, and I don't think I've failed. I've impacted a lot of lives. I just didn't graduate for the UW uh, when I went there. And it's interesting, those words that are spoken into you. I want you to think today, is there somebody you need to give another shot is there somebody you gave up on too early? You have a call on your life to find the, if there's any good, to find it in them and call it out of them. Because obviously that teacher couldn't or forgot that that was their role, is to call out the good. Each of you are influencing beyond what you can fathom. And I took that with me for a while, but then I let it fall off like water off a duck's back. You're impacting homes. Coaches, you're impacting future citizens that are going to choose the way they lead based off the principles they discovered on your team. And maybe in your job, your workplace, you have influence over the coworkers, over your employers, over the employees more than you can fathom. One thing I found in preparation for back to school Sunday was a teacher who took a third grade class through a little project because she desired to know more than just what was happening in her classroom. She came up with this thing called uh, Things I Wish My Teacher Knew. And so I wish my teacher knew blank. And kids would write out what they wish the teacher knew. And so uh, some of them said, like, you know, I wish my teacher knew that she is the most Fun and nice. Isn't that awesome? I really appreciate the work she does for us. Or fav for us. I love the handwriting. Um, next one. I wish my teacher knew I don't have pencils at home to do my homework. 
Come on, school supplies matter, right? We don't do the school supply give for no reason. Let's load these kids up with school supplies. I wish my teacher knew how much I miss my dad because he got deported to Mexico when I was three years old, and I have not seen him in six years. Wow. Next. I wish my teacher knew sometimes my reading log is not signed because my mom is not around a lot. I wish my teacher knew that my dad works two jobs and I don't see him much. I mean, we're given context. I wish my teacher knew that my family and I live in a shelter. I wish my teacher knew that my mom might get diagnosed with cancer this week. And I've been without a home three different times this year alone. This class, does this just like rip your heart out, right? Uh, She wrote a book and developed a website based on on this as well because it was just so revealing to her. I wish my teacher knew that my mom and dad are divorced and that I am the middle child of seven kids Five out of that seven are boys. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I love that one. That's so cute. Oh, man, I wish my teacher knew I love my family. Great drawing of the family right there, I'm sure, right? There's no doubt you make an impact way beyond your classroom, your team. Think of your class students that you attend think of the job you carry outside of education man what what would it do if you knew the context of those around you for you to give maybe a little more grace maybe another chance maybe give that much more effort to find the good in somebody and people could just matter that much more 1 Peter 5, 2 says this in the scriptures, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you, watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Thought to every person matters. Every person matters. Every person has a story that you might not know. Something like that might give you the context of a little more. Every person deserves your best, even when they are not giving you theirs. As frustrating, as exhausting it may be. Jesus gave us his best when we didn't deserve it. It says in scripture that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He took that sin upon himself for us. So that we could live life free. Unbelievable. What students have you what students have you thought about giving up on? They matter. The one that challenges you the most. Think back to last year. (laughs) Let's let's broaden this beyond education. What coworker were you glad? that left what boss were you excited took the promotion and was not your direct report anymore 
Think about the, like, even they matter. And people don't care. It's cliche, I know. But people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So unless we can find in ourselves to change our perspective towards that person and find their good and call it out of them, it's going to be tough. The change is in us. At Open Life, we love being a part of the center of culture. It's in our DNA since we began. It's to be right in the center of culture. We don't want to be on the edge looking in. We want to be right in the center of culture. And one of the key areas at the center of culture, obviously, is education. It's one of the pillars of community. And I was honored to be invited to be one of the many community leaders that were invited to the Sumner School District convocation. And uh, for you that don't know what that is, or maybe you hear something like that and you have a picture of what it is, yeah, it's that. It's that, that time where you honor people and you, it's kind of, there's some formal traditional elements to it where you know, people are, are being honored. There's some creative elements to it where different principals and administrators of each school kind of create their own like little cheer and thing they do. It was pretty fun. Uh, in the Sumner School District. This is the second one I've been to, so I kind of got that little vibe of the culture uh, down. And then there's a challenge. There's a talk. There's like a vision cast. And um, I was excited for it because I'd been been praying for it. I was at a, a meeting where uh, Lori Dent, the superintendent of the Sumner School District, had said the vision and and expressed how it was a, a big vision. It was a tough vision. She was told it was a crazy vision. And so I was excited to hear how she was going to present it. And phenomenal job. From the shirts on all the staff and the crowd to the Frisbees that I caught one of there. She cast a vision to graduate 100% of the students in Sumner School District. Anybody want a Frisbee? Anybody want to, that likes, oh, jeepers. I saw a hand go up there real fast. So this may kill somebody in between here and there. Let's see if, uh, I was really good at Frisbee golf at camps with youth, but that was over seven years ago. So let's see if this is a good Frisbee. No, no, I had way too much curve on it. Wait for the roll. Let's see if it gets to you. Oh, it didn't. Anyway, it was a good try. Um, so nobody died. All the, all the eyes are still safe. Could put somebody's eye out, Pastor Than. Lori Dan gets up there and presents this vision and gives these visuals. And it was, it was awesome. To include, not just the Frisbee, at the conclusion of the presentation, 1,300 employees go onto the field and take this picture. 100%. Getting everybody out on the field and doing that. Very cool. Made the news. Multiple news agencies pick it up. And I was like going, okay, that is really clear vision. But you know what got me? That wasn't what got me. At a moment within her talk, something got me in the feels and challenged me personally. When she dialogued about how dare, how dare we say to any number of students that they don't matter. How can you accept just like, let's go from 88%, which is graduation rate last year, which is a 6% increase. How can we go from 88% to just a goal for 90 
and say 10% of you don't matter. And just the way she said it, all of a sudden it was like God gave me a jolt and said, how dare we just try to reach a couple more percent of people in our community with the message of Jesus and the hope of life to the full. Right? I mean, it, it directly applied. I was sitting there going, what? I can't think that my job doesn't matter. We matter in this community. A hundred percent that would get high school diplomas. She challenged everybody to go home and pull out their high school diplomas. So I went home, found my memory tub, dug inside my memory tub, even though I was told that I would fail. I still got my graduation, crossed the platform, turned the tassel, diploma. So I was pretty pumped to put this in a place. She challenged everybody, put your diploma. This is a big deal. 90% of jobs involve this, that you need to put your diploma somewhere where you remember it. So I put it in my office. You can see it at Starbucks every day. I'm just kidding, not that office. Uh, that is my office. I just come in. Hey, guys, can I display this on your counter while I'm here? That's good? Uh, no, I, I have it at the home office. And, and it was just challenging to me to realize, my goodness, if, if a school is going after 100%, how much more should the church go after 100% of people? You know, it's funny, and Lori wouldn't have known this, but the statistic of graduating 88% of people last year, when we started Open Life, we did a demographic survey of the region, like a five-mile radius of here, and it said 12% of people any given Sunday are in church. So as a mission, as a calling, as our passion when we started Open Life, seven years ago or eight years ago or whatever, we had in our mindset, there's 88% of people out there that don't make it to church on Sunday. That's who we're here for. And here they graduated 80% and are going after 100%. And we're going after 88% to get to 100% because we have the same vision. We, get, we got it from Scripture. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really, uh, really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. God's vision is a 100% vision. Just as educators, your vision is a 100% vision. And you're going, but that's Sumner School District. No, your influence goes beyond your workplace. Even the vision that Sumner School District set for 100% is spreads outside of Sumner School District. It's catchy. It's challenging. It leaves no margin for error. I commend those that have said, yes, I'm taking this challenge, this 100% challenge. And for me, I'm taking that challenge to pray every time I see that diploma in my office for all of our schools around here that they would love 100% of the kids in their environment. And love's an okay word to use as a teacher. Right? That they would just, those kids would know they're loved. Not just that they're educated, that they're 
loved. And every person matters. I don't know. We mattered to Jesus. I mattered to the school district even though I drove my teachers crazy. I got to turn the tassel. None be left behind. I, uh, my recent favorite song is a song called So Will I. The worship team is going to sing it here in a second. And I love it mainly because of all the lyrics. They're, they're, they're incredible. And uh, the final lyric says, you're the one who never leaves the one behind. Man, how does that translate into your job? Maybe you're in retail and it's that tough customer. <laughs> you're like, oh my word. This person's coming in again. Why do they keep shopping here? <laughs> you know? Maybe you're in sales and you have to deal with that one client. Or you're in education and you have to deal with that one administrator or you're that one student. Or you're a coach and there's that one kid or their family, which can be even more challenging, right? I'm going to have to listen to that parent again this whole season, right? Romans 12, 6 says, in, this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Challenging. Thought three, final thought. Do what you do well. Do what you do well. You have been gifted and called to do what you do, so do it well. You're where you're at for a reason. You're in your job for a reason, and you have incredible influence beyond what you can fathom. Do whatever you need to do so you can do what you do well. If that means getting up earlier to prepare, do it. Go into more conferences, do it. Go into more classes, do it. Even if you're mandated to go to those classes and get those additional certificates, grr, do it. Gladly, it said. Oh, why does it say that in Scripture? Lead well, teach well, serve well, show kindness well. And students, you're not off the hook. Save the best for last. So I was a youth pastor for 13 years before starting Open Life. And I remember setting up leaders. I'm just going to confess this out loud to everybody. I'm letting you behind the veil of youth ministry. I would recruit a leader. And I would tell him, no, you're going to do awesome. Students are going to love you. It's going to be phenomenal. You're phenomenal. You can do this. Here's some students that really need somebody to influence their lives. You're going to be amazing. And they'd go, okay, I'll try it out. Right? Then you'd go to the students. Hey, students, here's the deal. We have this new leader coming at you. Right? Uh, can you, like, just... Laugh at their jokes and uh, do well. Like do what they tell you to do for a while. Help, help them like you, you know. And you'd kind of set them up for success, right? Students, you're spread out today. 
There's some right in the front. You have the opportunity in your classroom to be the one that's responsive to a teacher. To be the one that lifts the arms of the administration. To be servant leaders. How cool is it that these educators here today that might be exhausted, that might be weary of their job, if you're the face, if you're the individual in their environment that lights up the room and gives them another year. That, it could be that simple. It could be as simple as saying, thank you. It could be as simple, I saw a video this week, a teacher's guinea pig died. And if you know the Huff home, we're saying good about that, right? These things are creepy. But right at the beginning of the school year, teacher's guinea pig dies and the teacher was upset about it. And the classroom pitched in their money together and got the teacher a new guinea pig. And the teacher breaks down. Be that student. Seriously. Be those students. That's what this world needs. Is a generation that will surprise with gratitude and honor and willingness. To give back to those who are giving to them. That's my challenge for you students. And I think that will be contagious to those in education. One of the most beautiful challenges in scripture is in Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not grow tired of doing what is good. And working with the next generation is good. It goes on to say, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. The application, the action point today, and we have an action point every week. The action point today, don't give up. If you're a teacher here today, an administrator, a coach, don't give up. You're like, this is the final year. I just can't. Don't give up. that kid that's just drove you nuts and you're like I wish you fail no 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 no. you heard our reaction in this room we cannot afford to give up on anyone 100% of people matter to God therefore they should matter to us don't give up today we want to honor and pray for teachers because it's a long school year ahead. It's not going to be easy at all times. The year might start off with you having to craft an email or an automated phone message about whatever was happening on your campus that day. <laughs> and you go, man, this, this again? But you know what? Don't give up. Because somebody's watching you and your example and the heart you have for others. And they're, 
They're going to find love through you. They're going to go home where their dad has been deported and think of the role model you are in their life. They're going to go to the home that is dangerous and school is the safest place for them. They're going to go home where they have no food. So let's be the ones that want to know their world and influence it and transform it. I want to pray specifically for teachers, administrators, staff. And there's a lot of you here, so nobody's going to stand alone. Uh, But could you stand if you work with students? Thanks for standing, Mandy. Thanks for standing. Look at all these. We want stay stay standing if you could, just just to make it a little more awkward. We're going to pray for you while you're standing, if that's cool. And if it's not, that's fine. We're going to pray anyway. And uh, don't think, well, I shouldn't be standing because I'm just. No, 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 no. No. You're not just anything. God, I thank you for those who were able to carve out the time today to be here, to let us serve them and honor them. And hopefully just give them that courage to not give up, put in this year with zeal. I pray that there's a student's life changed because of what you're doing in a heart right now in this room. God, I pray that you would help everybody know 100% that there are churches like ours that are praying for them every day. That we're taking on that challenge of 100%. They're not shouldering that vision alone. That God, that every student in this community would have an opportunity to be loved by somebody like the quality individual standing in this space. God, you'll fan into flame the calling that took these individuals to school, no matter how long it was ago, because they were inspired to follow and challenge a generation, to sow education into them and to change their world, to be that adult in somebody's life that would make a difference in theirs. Let them carry that heart of every person matters. And most of all, May they not give up. And the rest of us that are sitting and aren't in education in this room, may we take up the challenge of support. May we volunteer in these schools. May we uh, buy school supplies for them. May we support them in the efforts in any way, shape, or form that they dream of. May we be present where they're needed for us to be present. God, we love you and thank you for these people. You have a purpose and a plan for what they're going to do in this community. We just give you the praise for them. In Jesus' name, amen.